Hey guys, welcome to the official first episode of, uh, of the Zoocast. So in this one, Louie and I uh, start by diving into everything that has happened over the weekend, this past weekend with all of the trades leading up to the roster breach of the expansion draft. Um, talked about the lists were released, any surprises, big names. Uh, what did the Sens do? They protected Logan Brown, they exposed Dadanov, they protected Watson. What did we think about that? Um, then, so yeah, we just kind of examined what Seattle might be looking to do and, um, if we agreed and disagreed on some of the big names that were exposed by some of these teams. Yeah. And we also talked about, uh, we previewed the entry draft coming later this week. Uh, what the Sens are going to be looking like at 10, who's going to be available, what the targets are there. And then we also dove into the, into other possible options later on around 39 and 42 and, uh, with the other late round picks. So. It's a long one. Doozy yes. of an episode. Yes. Um, they will they will not always be this long. So we just had um, so much to talk about because yeah. so much has happened over the last weekend and so much is gonna happen in the next week. Yeah. It's it's that time of year where everything seems to to be going on. Yep. So uh hopefully you stick around and uh thanks so much for listening and we will see you guys in the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our first official full-length episode of the Zoopcast. I'm Louis Boulet, and with me is co-host Adam Copeland. How are you, Adam? I'm doing well. Busy day, man. A lot of stuff happening in the last couple of days. I, was, I remember we were talking about, like, because this is the first episode, we got to get it going. Like, what are we going to talk about? There's so much stuff. <laughs> I was, we could have picked I was a better you, time, like, man. Honestly, like, how are we going to fit this all in? Like, I'm looking at, like, okay, yeah, like, podcast episodes are, like, an hour. And I'm looking at everything we got to talk about. Like, this is going to take more than an hour. But we, we will do our best. Um, and, I mean, I guess we just got to get started right away here. Like, there's so much to get into. Mine as well. It's going to be a compact episode. Yes, it's going to be a compact episode. Uh, we're going to start with what happened this past Saturday, which was the first, the last day for the roster freeze um, mm-hmm. for the expansion draft. And, obviously, a lot of trades. But the first real big thing that happened was in Dallas. Um, The Heiskanen extension, 8 by 8 Obviously, the first comparable that comes to mind there is Shabbat, right? Just like the same, around the same age, same type of player. Do you like like this for Dallas? I know I I was looking at, on Twitter and on Instagram, a lot of mixed reviews. Yeah, Um, dude, I was surprised. Like, because it seems like Heiskanen's value depends, like, varies a lot just looking at model to model. Like, I was looking... I think, I don't remember if it was, I think Michael Blake McCurdy was a little lower on it. I know some other people that I was looking at, like uh, some some devils, oh, it was CJ Tortoro was a little low on it too. But then there's other people who were like, man, this, like Corey Schneider, if you look, because Heiskanen, he's kind of like, like I know a lot of Sens fans like the uh, the Sanderson comparison to Heiskanen right. Right. in terms of being like a modern two-way uh, shutdown or defenseman who can have shutdown ability and also drive offensive results. And yeah. he relies a lot, or his contributions are valued a lot in like micro stats. So like exits, entries. Right. Like a big transition guy. Yeah, exactly. Which is what the NHL is like really moving towards right now. You want exactly. like to be able to be effective in transition. Right. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm a little, I, I feel like I land in between. Um, in terms of what was it eight times 8.45 i think right it's a little yeah, over shabbat like yeah right he, he's in the top 10 now for most paid defensemen yeah um obviously. yeah I, I was looking at that list and uh not a lot of great contracts in there <laughs> no, anymore man no, I was gonna god say. It, it's, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's funny though because he you know when he came into the league he had like a this fantastic rookie season like he people looked at him and they were like this guy looks so good i remember when when the sends um, we're trying to trade Carlson. Yeah, true, true, true. It was like that Dallas's name came up, and then the first guy that everyone looked at was like, we need Heiskanen. And obviously the Stars 
did not feel as though that would yeah. be worthwhile, which is at the end of the day, that was probably the right call. Um, yeah, because we wanted one for one almost, right? Or, or Dallas shut that down? Or yeah, yeah, something it was, like it was that. strange. There were maybe like a, like a couple picks or low level prospects thrown in there, but the big piece was Heiskanen. And yeah. Dallas was like no, like non starter. And and originally, Sans fans were freaking out. They're like, how could you not want to do this? Like, yeah, how? Like Carlson's the best defenseman in the league. Why would you not? <laughs> and, and obviously, that, Back you know, up. his career has gone a bit downhill since the trade, and Heiskanen has gotten much better. But I, I mean, from what I've been seeing from most people is he didn't have a great year last year, Heiskanen. He was yeah. a little bit, he, he, I don't want, he, I mean, I don't want to call it decline because he's still incredibly young. Like he's not on the decline. Oh yeah, he has but so he much potential. A, yes, oh, absolutely. But he took a step back last year um, mm-hmm. from his first few years in the league. Do you think that's, is that like a cause for concern signing an eight-year contract or do you think he'll bounce back from that? Well, I mean, like what he was, he was picked in 2017. So yeah, he's, so. He, he's, I'm trying to think like then 18, yeah. He's still fairly young, like still low twenties. I mean, and he was picked super high in the draft. He's got a lot of potential. Like, I mean, do yeah. you remember like his first shift? Like, did you ever see that clip? He I was just a monster because it was a four <laughs> on four and he just destroyed the entire, like he was all over the ice making right. plays is insane. But yeah, I don't think last year was too much of a cause for concern. Shortened season, right. same opponents all the time. And like for, for Dallas, they were playing what it was either like really good teams in Carolina, Florida, or Carolina, Florida, Tampa, yeah. or really yeah. bad teams in like Detroit, Columbus. And yeah, it was a weird division. It was, yeah. I, I just wish we would have been able to watch them in like actual games against the Sens. Like, yeah. To, yeah. That, I mean, that would have been good. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully that'll, I mean, with the, this year and the divisions are going to be obviously back to what they were. I'm sure that they'll have the regular scheduled game home and home with Dallas, like one away, one here, but, and we'll get to see him. Um, but I am really interested to see how this turns out for them. I don't think like, I don't really think you can call it a bad contract until you see no. what he ends up doing. It's um, not outrageous. It's not an outrageous no, deal. It's not like not. he's making a ton, like an absolute ton of money. Oh, it's actually, it's funny. I have elite prospects open here and it's actually his birthday today. So uh, <laughs> happy <laughs> I, birthday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a early birthday present back contract, I guess. Yeah, honestly. Um, and uh yeah. Yeah, it'll be, we'll, we'll see. You gotta, I mean, what's like, there's a big debate. Like, what is the prime of a player now? Like, you know, it, it's come down. Like, originally it was like 27, 28. But and now it's like 24, think, 25. Yeah, right? honestly. So he is right in his, in essentially his prime. So yeah, he's he, entering it at least. And that's what I mean. And so when you can sign that type of player to a long-term extension, right as they're entering their prime, on like on paper, that sounds pretty good. And oh, yeah, 100%. I think it's just a matter of if he can live up to what he's been dubbed as, which is like this number one transitional defenseman who can like carry yeah. the load for them back there. So we'll see. It'll well, I mean, like, it's not like it's the contract's taking him into his 30s. Like, right. He, like, because he, he just turned 22. Mm-hmm. So he'll be exactly. 29 when it ends. I, I think it's going to be fine. Um, The cap is going to go up eventually. Yeah, right? You'd hope so. You'd hope so. <laughs> God. Like we don't know for sure, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for sure. Um, and then after, I mean, after, so there was, you know, that was pretty startling news to start the day. That's a pretty big contract. And yeah. then, you know, there's this roster freeze that's happening at, at what was it, like three o'clock or something, I think. Yeah, three, three, three o'clock Eastern. And yeah. um, speaking of defensemen who had a slight bit of a down year, but still project to be yeah. top pair, I mean, yeah. we can get right into the, the whole Ryan Ellis trade that whole saga right what a crazy trade eh? like it kind of came out of it kind of came out of nowhere i remember i was i was talking with some buddies and we were waiting like we were just we were hanging out and, and we were thinking like man the trade freeze like where are all the trades like i thought you know something would happen and then we're like waiting for like something's gonna just come out of the blue like something stupid's gonna happen yeah. and then it's like like what was it? it's ellis or ellis goes to philadelphia for nolan patrick and and philip myers. Myers. myers yeah yeah and then flip right away to Vegas for glass, Patrick goes. So there's like a yeah. lot there's a lot of pieces there. Like there's it's a lot crazy. of stuff happening. It's a weird trade, I feel. Like yeah. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, but it's also all the teams are like we were talking about it earlier. Every team is taking on a decent amount of risk. Yes. Like, Cody Glass has not been great for no. Vegas. He's actually been very underwhelming. Cause I remember 
mean, you want another sense connection. Like he was almost the guy instead of Branstrom that yeah. they got for Stone. That yeah, but they didn't been, want to part with him, right? It, it, right. Like Vegas was so confident in this player that they had. And then all of a sudden he's not, he hasn't worked out really well. He's obviously, like, he's still quite young as well. Let's he hasn't played that. a crazy amount of games, a, right? Like in the no, NHL? He's not a, like, he's not a lost cause by any means. Oh, not at all. Like he, he is just, I mean, this is one of the examples where you can say maybe a change of scenery is best. Maybe he, for sure. yeah, I mean, he was obviously not like, what was he played third line center? fourth line center for that that's the thing like i again dude with this weird season it's been hard to keep up with all the other teams and everything like yeah. up here was focused on the north division that's all mm-hmm. it was um but yeah i like his deployment i guess or maybe his like just wasn't favorable and that's why i think like a change of scenery might benefit him better than patrick whereas patrick's right. issues were injury which could yeah. follow him much in a much more likely fashion than Cody Glass's former deployment, possibly related struggles. Yeah, I mean Cody Glass is going to Nashville, and I mean they're what? Like, what are they even doing there? They traded Arvidsson. They're they protected five D today. Yes, exactly. They're exposing Johansson and Duchene. So there's there's going to be a, like they want him, I think, to compete for a top six center spot, right? You'd have to imagine with all yeah. the moves that they're doing. So he's going to have a ample work. opportunity. I mean, there. he has the potential oh, to do that. Sure. Absolutely. I think that, so obviously I agree that each of these teams is taking on risk, but I feel like Nashville is, is better off with what they did than maybe the other teams, just because it just seems like where they're, they're situated. Going, I feel, yeah, yeah, they're going into, I don't want to call it a rebuild yet, but the move it's a retool, making, I think, I, but sure. like, I don't even know even, I mean, cause it's you have so an, weird. You have an aging defenseman in Ellis who is still valuable. I think as of right now, Oh, hundred percent. His contract's just a little long and he had right. a slight bit of a down year, as I mentioned earlier, but exactly. he's still, he could still be a top pair D man for sure. And Flyers yeah. fans are super happy with it. And I mean, Hey, yeah. another yeah, ginger yeah. to the Flyers to compliment the orange <laughs> scheme. Like, yeah, exactly. Except Voracek might not be there for long, but. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, we'll have to get into that later, man. Yeah, Jeez. but uh, but yeah, that that was a super that was a bombshell trade. Like, no one saw that. One. Yeah, because I mean, like absolutely out of nowhere. Yeah, because that was a decent amount. Like maybe what, like 20, 25 minutes after the three p.m. deadline, like, like that. for every because at that point we only knew about the Vancouver made a useful acquisition, <laughs> and it was Jason <laughs> right, Dickinson, which I mean, sure, defensive third line center, he was fine there, and he's probably gonna. That's probably what he's gonna be deployed as. Yeah. And I don't mind it for either they, side. And they didn't, they didn't pay a, a hefty price, like a third round. No, yeah, like I think it was a third and maybe, was there a no-name prospect in there or something? I, I, thought, it was ju- I thought it was just a third. But, you I might mean, be right, at the end actually. Of the day, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's about the same Yeah, thing. and then the only other trade really before that was McCann to Toronto. So, okay, so that one became more interesting today. Yeah. Oh my God. Released, okay. So they released the. What a day, lists. man. What a weekend. Oh, crazy. Just oh, it was so we're so due for this. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's like you know what I mean. But anyway, I mean, this so, has been better than the trade deadline. Like yeah, I was months. I was saying that yesterday as a joke. Like I'm like I, the TSN trade rigors better be like you know. I was surprised they didn't here. have. Like I was, I was thinking to myself, I was like, are they gonna have like a show like on TSN for like insider <laughs> yeah. trading and stuff, or Honestly. like a second like a pre-draft frenzy? But I mean, if you look at some of the. Like if you look at the trades and everything, like there there wasn't nearly this much movement for for Vegas. I'm saying, or, or like, for, yeah, for Vegas, yeah. Like when they so, when so teams I guess had you could say that. they they couldn't really have predicted it. They couldn't really have predicted having to do a no. show for this because they're like, how could like this? Nothing like this is gonna happen. Like it'll just be easy, like one or two depth moves, like whatever. But it was crazy. It was nuts. And I, I'm all for it, man. I, yeah, like yeah. I mean, it's smart from GMs if they wanna get like under the protection sheet and expose as little value as possible. I mean. Mm-hmm made things very interesting for the weekend yeah well so let's get back on McCann because the Leafs acquired him for Pittsburgh for yeah. a prospect uh, Philip Hallander I think is his name yeah and a and, seventh and, and a seventh so Hallander I don't even know is he gonna play he might not play he'll he might play for in the um, NHL one day was he originally with the Penguins at some point he, yes so they got he, him for, for capital yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then they they traded him back just now and then obviously the seventh is a, is a pretty low value yeah. asset. Like and I so, hate. Sorry, go on. <laughs> okay, so so I I they get McCann, who is a very very good third line set, middle six, uh, or middle six forward. Yeah, very good. Put like, up very good, very good numbers last year. With like I team. think he had some of the best per sixty like play driving rates. Like both. Yeah. Like if you combine offensive and defensive impact, is is really good. And like, obviously. Uh, 
Pittsburgh didn't think that they could protect him. So they, they I don't know. But so they, yeah. they ship him off for something. It's not much. And now Toronto exposed him on, in, for the expansion draft. So obviously if you're Seattle, you look at Toronto and who, so they, they pretty much what they did is they exposed him so they could protect Hall who yeah. had a pretty underwhelming year this year. He was not very good. It's um, that stupid OT winner against the Sens that caused Pierre to rage, <laughs> yes, though. Yes, that was... I mean, we can thank him for the cup moment. That was... That was hilarious. So, They'll never lose the memes. That's true. Yes, exactly. Uh, so you have to keep that in mind. That's always a <laughs> fact. But he uh, he wasn't great. He was, he was average at best. And you look at McCann, who seems like a much more valuable piece than Justin Hall... Yeah. And they literally just acquired him just to expose him to Seattle. So something tells me maybe they have a deal where Seattle is going to take um, Kerfoot. And so yeah. that they can keep McCann. But then that's giving up another asset so that they could keep a player, right? So at what point does that come worth it? Do you think it was a good idea? Or I wonder how that's going to happen. It's, it's, okay, well, first of all, I just want to get it out of the way. I hate praising the least, but the fact that they turned, um, was it Kapanen into McCann and Rodi and Amirov? Yeah, honestly. Like, that is incredible asset management. Like, geez. Like, that yeah, was, like, wow. But, yeah, so I don't know what they're going to do. Like, it seems like a lot of Leafs fans and people that I follow on Twitter, like, they seem like there's a – they seem to think there's a possible trade with Seattle. Yeah. I guess to, like, have them forced to take Kerfoot, who's still a very good player. Right. I mean, like, I'd like, I'd like to dive deep into more of his uh, more of his stuff, but – yeah, it's it's just weird that you acquire somebody that quickly mm-hmm. and then expose them right away. Well, it, it, the Leafs obviously like they they pulled the Leafs this year and they just they blew it. They had you look back at their yes, you love to see it, but you look back at their trade deadline and it was just horrible. I mean, you're paying a first round pick for Nick Foligno who did practically yeah, that was awful, team. man. The Riddick the Riddick trade was stupid. He never even I don't even did he play like a regular season game for them? And that's they it. lost to um didn't Goudreau score on him and oh, <laughs> in, in OT yeah. that one game? <laughs> that was hilarious. And yeah. so yeah, that's a third round pick gone. So there's good asset management in the sense of what they did with Kapanen, but with everything else, like I don't think so. You know what I mean? Like they 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 really did not maximize what they wanted to do very well. And yeah. I, I think I don't want to say it's like trying to save face with this McCann thing, but I don't know. Like it seems like everything has really backfired on them, or most things have backfired on them in the last like year or year and a half. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's weird. And then there's like speaking of Felina though, apparently there's rumors that he's going to sign with the Wild to be with. Uh, with so Marcus. there you go. So so you 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 paid a first round pick for like seven games. Seven games of of Felino, and he didn't really didn't really make much no. of an impact. It was just, it's funny because they, they're like, fine, we'll get all these experienced vets. And then <laughs> right. we are still the least. That's like, that's, so, so that's interesting because, so, so Dubas has this thing where he comes, like when he first came in, he was like, known as like this, like whiz kid, like analytics guy. And he's made and good moves, man. He has. He, he has made some good moves. And then, but you know, at the beginning, he was making these analytically driven moves or some at least, and it wasn't working. And then he starts going out and making these moves, like getting more grit, like you get Wayne Simmons, and you get you, you know, signed Spezza and Thornton, Spezza. these and, vets that are gonna lead yeah. the team, you know. But I mean, but there's also some moves that he made that were not analytically driven at all and didn't have anything to do with vets. He played Cody Cece for a whole year, and <laughs> oh my and god, I forgot about that, that. Was just a terrible experiment. Like it, it did not well, work well. And he, but, we got but, the but, shot out of that. Yes, you know? <laughs> we got the shot. I mean, there's always content that comes with that, but he. True. He so he plays the whole year. The, he, like they didn't have to play him the whole year. They were looking at him play for 82 games and decided to keep him as a regular in the lineup. That's bad. Like that's a bad that's a bad management of an asset on your on your yeah. team. And then surprisingly, he's good now in Pittsburgh. Like what the hell? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no way he was that bad for us and Toronto, and then just goes to Pittsburgh and like hey. Let me just, you know, be good now. I was like, <laughs> who was he playing with? Like, was he playing with Barino or Patterson? Oh, I don't know, man. But it was somehow working. <laughs> like, well, I don't, I don't think Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh protected him either. They. Uh, no, they I don't think list. so either. But they, um, and they also didn't protect Patterson, which is yeah, because he's a UFA, so he's not. Cece, Cece's a UFA. Yeah. Yeah, but Patterson, I never, I, I couldn't understand that. Yeah. He's, he's quite good. 
like fans are saying that they didn't protect him because of his contract and it's like what he's making four million until 2025 that's not even that bad he's a number four d who's mm-hmm. solid defensively and he, that's exactly yeah. what he's playing like i don't get like yeah, yeah what, we'll what they want else anyway anyway so that's i mean yeah i mean so mccann got traded believes is our big point but uh yeah. so with all of these moves that happened and there was a couple other ones too which we won't get into because they're I mean, there was a lot of them, but the yeah. Sens did the Sens did nothing, and yeah. a lot of people. So some people were like, "Oh man, like they should have taken advantage of this. Like they should have made a move. They should have taken on Me someone." Yep. Yes, <laughs> they should have taken on someone who who a team couldn't afford to expose for a cheap price. Um, the yeah. Jets are a team that comes to mind because yeah. they had two players, Dylan Demello, who Sens fans know very well. Um, oh, I miss him, man. Yeah, everyone him. does. Everyone does. And then Mason Appleton, who I'm pretty sure they did not protect because they couldn't fit him. They, I think they protected Andrew Cobb instead. Yeah, and, they protected Cobb and Lowry. Who yes. Lowry, and Lowry just signed a contract, so it makes sense. And Cobb had a really good season. Like, yes, exactly. So, But Mason Appleton is, is a good player for them. He is a He's a solid contributor in the bottom six. Oh, yeah, he was good. I mean, like, especially since... Cause, uh, I mean, people don't know this yet, but um, like my entire family's from Winnipeg, so I'm also a big Jets fan. Right. Um, so I, I was following them pretty closely, especially for the playoffs. Um, and yeah, Appleton was great. Like when, because Stashney was down to injury for a little bit, he yeah. stepped up and all that stuff because they had to be some line jumbling. And yeah, I mean, he's a good player. He could be a very strong third liner. And I mean, they just didn't have the room to protect him. But Demello, I disagree uh, with strongly. Yeah, they they exposed him in favor of Logan Stanley. <sighs> Who is a very well? He's very tall. That's he's six that's, seven every time yeah. he steps on the ice, Adam. Oh, so you can't you can't deny that. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, teach size. He uh, I mean, you watched him. Like, did do you think like did, what else? Like, does he really bring anything valuable to the table other than being a big person? Well, I mean, he's like that typical like coach's dream big defensive defenseman. And hey, dude, he scored like those two goals in Game Four against the Habs and almost mm-hmm. saved us from getting swept. That that, mm-hmm. that would have been great, but uh, we don't talk about that series anymore. No, um. I don't know. It's just I, I find it completely like inex- inexplicable to protect Stanley over a guy like Dylan DeMello, who was it's not a fantastic fa- contract. Fantastic contract. Like it's what, like three more years at three million? Yeah. Like perfect. that's great. And yeah. he's like the Jets need strong, like defensive players, like especially mm-hmm. on D. Because I mean they do have some solid like bottom six forwards who can help with that. But DeMello is just like because Morrissey's been a disaster. Like, yeah, like he, he's, he's solid to watch, but it's, I don't know, ever since, like ever since Truba's gone, it's like both of them have been awful. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the Truba thing, apparently Neil Pionk has been quite good. Neil Pionk has been great. I have loved which Neil Which is good Pionk. for them. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I was such a, like, I was a big fan of that trade even when it happened because we ended up getting Hanola also. Yeah. Right. I'm a big fan of, and I was super high on him at the draft. I had, I think I had him like around 15. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Anyway, so. Neil Pionk was great. He, like most people see him as like a two-way defenseman who leads more offensively, but he was super good in terms of shutting down like McDavid and all that stuff. Yeah. And in in that series. And that makes it even more, you know, weird why they would expose DeMello, who is another player that can kind of play that role. And those kind of defensemen are so valuable, right? Yeah. I mean, he was the perfect partner for Shabbat. I don't know why we didn't make a move, man. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so, so, Anyway, the Sens did nothing that, yeah. that yesterday. But, like, there and, were other targets we could have gone after, too. I don't get, like, because Vince Dunn's available, too. I mean, we'll dive into that so, a little later when we look into yeah. everything. But the thing, the only thing that I would say, the only thing that I would say about the Sens, like, a defense of the Sens not doing anything, is that a lot of GMs made bad moves. Yeah. And it's, like, I would rather my team do nothing than make a bad move, because then you're Agreed. heading in the wrong direction. Like, you look at... So, so Lou Lamorello traded yeah. Andrew Ladd to the Coyotes and also gave them like three Two picks. seconds and a third, but that's the third is lot. conditional. But the third is conditional, but that's a lot. And he got nothing in return just for shedding a contract. Yeah, and obviously they were they needed, the cap. So they needed the cap space. Obviously mm. they needed the cap space. But I mean, in the past, like teams have not paid that much to get out from that, from a contract. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. Sens got, well, it was it was like uh, they they traded. What was the thing they did with the Lightning? The Coburn and okay, so they, it was uh, 
they took on Coburn and Paquette and got a second also. And yeah. they also gave up Gabrick yeah. and Nilsson. <laughs> but they were on LTIR. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. And and the the uh the Letty trade was a was a bit of a head scratcher for the Red Wings. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> is you don't see a lot of from Eiserman. Like Yeah, he, I found it quite I, odd. I mean he stole Verona in that yes. Like that was a full because it was Verona and like was it and a first and maybe a second too for Mantha? I don't remember exactly, but that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I don't know. It was really weird. And then funnily enough, that made the Islanders need a defenseman like signed <laughs> up or locked up yeah. or traded for before the deadline. And they ended up signing what Andy Green to like a one year yeah. minimum extension just to make sure they could expose him. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. Um to be fair though, like back on the on the lad trade, a lot of Islanders fans seem super happy about the deal. Yeah, and uh, they were praising Lou for it. So I mean, I just, I just, I, I personally found it like I've never seen anyone give up so many picks to dump a contract. Yeah, like, that's well, that's kind of and it's like high picks too, like seconds and thirds. You know what I mean? Like multiple. So yeah, that's the only thing that I would say. But I mean, I think it's now? a late second though. I think it's pick number sixty this year, and then a second next year. Okay. So it's well, like it's late seconds. Um. I'm just trying to look at how much, how many more years. Lad is, yeah, 5.5 for another two years, which is not that much, two years. But but yeah, to, be exactly. fair, to be fair to the Islanders, that's kind of their window that they've made for themselves. Like, that's true. Yeah. And they've you know, been like, wanting to acquire guys. Like they, like, yeah. I don't, were they in, are they in a Landeskog? I don't even know. I, I, a lot of teams are. But like yeah. the, the Islanders have been so close. Like they've they've yeah, been out dude, the conference They've had like the almost the most wins. Like they have either the most or second most wins in the last like two or three years in the playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. And so I can understand wanting to shed that contract just to be able to get who's going to get you over the, the hump. Like while you still have this good team. But I I don't yeah. know. I thought it was a lot. I maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, it is what it is. Um. So okay. So a lot of trades. There's a lot of trades on Saturday. Yeah. Um, one trade that did not happen. We're staying with the Sens. This came out this morning, I think. It was a rumor. Um, yeah, it was from a from a Rangers reporter on Twitter. Yeah. I think. I forget it. I forget uh, their name. Was it was it Strickland? I don't. Know I think it might have been. I think it might have. It might have been yeah. Strickland. And so, essentially, what he said is that Ryan Strom is being shopped around, and the Sens are interested in Ryan Strom. And Ryan Strom last year would put up very good numbers, actually with the Rangers he was playing like he he was on I think a a 45 point pace or something or like a a 50 point pace like he scored a lot of goals playing with uh with Panarin years prior he has not been so good and well I mean ever since he's gone to the Rangers he's had good numbers like the last two years for him have been really good like I think if you go like to a full 82 point season like the in like this this shortened season I think he was on pace for like just under 70 points, which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that can be attributed to playing with guys like Panarin. That's it. I mean, if you surround him with good players, who knows? Well, that was okay. So I I look at this as kind of the Dadanov situation too. I compare it to because Dadanov, obviously in Florida, he played with Huberto and Barkov and was, was very, he was very effective. And then he came to Ottawa and was a little less effective just because he wasn't surrounded. Just a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know what I mean? So just because he was surrounded with significantly less talent. And so Ryan Strom kind of seems like a bit of a trap to me where he's his numbers have been pretty significantly inflated. Yeah, like he got he got 49, 49 points in 56 games last year. Like that's a very good number. That's really good. And yeah. and the year before it was it was 59 and 70. Um, but is that a product of playing with Panarin and guys like that because like Ottawa doesn't really have like a guy like Panarin that you can really put that you can no. put Strom with you know what I mean to be so. fair I, th- I think if we get him he'll probably go where Sherry- Shane Pinto was because it seems like I st- like I personally wouldn't mind if we played Pinto second line again with Stutzla and Connor Brown like I it seemed to work it worked it worked, it worked very well the team was doing great Pinto got like seven points in 12 games like attaboy yeah but, um yeah. If we do get Strom, I feel like he takes up that spot because it seems like the Sens might want to play Pinto in the AHL just to get him to grow, kind of do yeah. like a Norris situation. Which is not the worst. Dominate. It's not the worst thing. I don't mind it. I mean, it's not like we're going to be like destroying the Atlantic Division next year. No. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like that's something else. Like on a bit of a separate conversation, like 
I've seen a lot of fans get obviously get excited about your season. Like I know I'm not trying to tell anybody how to be a fan. That is the last yeah, thing. Yeah, we're super hyped. Doing. Also, like in, obviously, but in my opinion, I don't think the Stems are a playoff team next year. Yeah, I, in the division that they're in, I just can't see like like who's ahead of them. Tampa Bay is going to be very good again. Yeah, you got Toronto. Toronto is going to be good. Yeah, I think Florida will be good again. Boston, if they re-sign Hall, especially, I think they'll be fine. Ooh. And yeah. then you got, and then you got. I mean, I think Ottawa will be better than Buffalo. They'll be better than Detroit, and they'll be better than uh, who am I mean? Montreal. I think they'll be better than Montreal. Especially if but, they lose like uh, Weber the entire season. Yeah, if the year. Wayne doesn't come back, like don't know as well. That's a whole lose, thing, man. Yeah, so I think Ottawa will be competitive next year. I think Ottawa will be vastly improved. I don't know if they're a playoff team yet, but I, anyway, but yeah, we'll have to be like eighth place, like second wild card kind of thing. If, if, we if they would have them. to sneak in, they would really have to. Sneak yeah, in. like somebody would have to fall. Like Boston would have to fall off. Carolina would have to fall off think, by losing Hamilton or something like that. I think a lot of it falls on what they're going to do in net because I think that they really want Murray to work out. And I also really want Murray to work out, like Same. obviously. But you know, he was great at the end. He was good at the end of the year, Murray. He he bounced he back. He got two shutouts. Bit. Like where the hell exactly. did that come from? And so if if we see the second half of the season, Murray, for a full season, then you're giving you're giving your team a chance to to speak in. Hundred percent. And then and, that contract looks so much better. Right. And then you have even if it doesn't work out, can Gustafson play as well as he's played? Last I think year. he should be starting it as backup at least. I agree, especially especially if Seattle takes the cord. I don't think the they will draft. though. Like okay, so then let's talk about that now. So Ottawa, as obviously as all the other teams did, they put out their protected list, and notable Ottawa players that were exposed, Dadanov was not protected, and the cord was was not protected. But obviously, like they. They were gonna have one of those goalies left unprotected. Like I, I personally just I'm glad that they didn't protect Murray because Man, that, that was, was the big one I was hoping for. Yeah, <laughs> and so they protected Gustafson, which I think was the correct call, and I think a lot of people agree. Especially I mean, like, his numbers were so much better than all the other goalies we had. Yeah, and like he just looked, he looked the part when he was but, playing. Like Seattle's gonna have a lot of options in that. Like I'm looking at like some exactly. of the goalies right now. Like you can, they can take. Like Drieger's pretty much confirmed, right? Like someone said it. Yeah, yeah, because like he's a he's a pending UFA, but apparently there's been talks and like yeah, he's gonna like not a tentative agreement, but they're almost there on signing Drieger, and that would count yeah. as the expansion pick for Florida, right? So like you look at the goal, yes, it would. So you look at the goalies that they can take. Drieger, they're gonna take. Bishop is available. He hasn't played in a year, but he was very yeah. good before he got injured. I wonder if they'll take a chance on that. Quick is available, but he is he's seen better days. Uh. I think a really interesting one for me is Kakinen out of Minnesota because yes. he, he had some pretty good numbers last year. I'm surprised um, they didn't protect him. They protected, I, I, I guess, it was Talbot, Talbot, right? right? Yeah. Oh, I guess yeah. I think he was so, he was better than I remember him at last yeah, year. Yeah, so that was a, that's a situation where they had pretty much a 1A, 1B, and they had to they could only protect one. And so Kakinen, Kakinen is young, too. I think he's only, like, he's in, like, what is he, like 24, 25, something like Wasn't that. Wasn't he like an early Calder possible finalist yeah, like at the beginning yeah, of the season? Yeah, totally. So that's like they can go so many directions in that. And so then you look at Ottawa, like is Decord worth taking over Dadanov? Like, because no, I, 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 like, that's it, right? Okay, so, okay. So the sense protected, I think the biggest, the, like the only real like uh, choice, this disagreement or... or choice that they had to make was, was Watson or Dadanov. I okay, I liked Austin Watson. I thought he was very effective. Oh, he was surprisingly good. Yeah, I thought like he he could play on my fourth line any day of the week. I, I'll take Austin Watson on that. DJ Smith loves him, I, dude. Those shot blocks, <laughs> like, oh, what? It's, like who crazy. else is gonna do that? Like that's he's great on penalty kill, but yeah, he at the end of the day, there's a lot of players like that, mm-hmm. and there's a lot. He's a fourth line, like he is a fourth line player. He's he there. You can find a lot of those. Dadanov had a down year last year. There's no questioning it but he also is kind of in a way i i think he's a bounce back candidate wouldn't you say yeah i mean like just looking like his everybody loves to talk about his power play output and everything and how (laughs) the whole dead of improving the sense power play situation hasn't worked out i mean like again 
now we have our first we have, now we have our first unit without him. He's only locked up for two more years at five million. I mean, mm-hmm. by the it's time not a terrible contract. I know. Yeah, like and honestly, like I think he was better than people give him credit for. Like he was solid at like moving the puck along the along the half boards and below the goal line in the ozone. And um, like and people need to realize, like I said it before, he's been playing with Huberto and Barkov for the last yeah, few years. Like temper your expectation. You're gonna get it. That's a, that's gonna be a step down. No, like almost no matter where you go. And all, I, there was an adjustment period where he had to get used to. He's not playing with people of those caliber anymore. Yeah. And it took him. I mean, did I don't even know if he fully got used to it, but it took him a really. There was a bit of a, of a, of a grace period of you need to get used to it. Yeah, bit. I mean, like but, even then, like he was still on pace for what, like almost twenty goals if it was a full. Nineteen, season? I think nineteen. Yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like I, I'd rather protect him. He's a bounce back candidate for sure. Um, by the time his contract looks like when we do need to sign bigger ticket players, it won't be before his contract ends. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's why I was point. a little weirded out by the Murray signing, not being three years also. And instead of a big four, cause that was kind of their window that they set. Yeah, exactly. So like they can, af- they can afford like not ideal. Cause I wouldn't say dad not as a horrible contract. Like no. I, like, there are worse contracts. It, yeah, it's it's not the greatest, and he definitely could have produced better this year. But yeah, I yeah. feel like I would have rather protected him uh, over Watson, just because we have we have that depth already. And plus, I don't think Seattle picking Watson. Yeah, that's like, what I was gonna options. say. They, Tierney, there's some... <laughs> well, okay, so that's the other thing. Like Chris Tierney is is a bit of a strange fit in all this because I think if you had protected Dadanov, Tierney becomes a bit more of an attractive commodity for Seattle because he is probably more useful. Or just to be a, fair, a, though, I feel like Watson. he gets traded anyway, Tierney. Even if they, he doesn't get picked, because apparently there's yeah. traction at the deadline. But I wonder what his, like, what's his value. Like, what would you trade for Chris Tierney? I don't know. Yeah. Just get him off my team. <laughs> like, fair he enough. Was, like, he was, like, I, he had a very good first year with us. And, like, yes. he was on pace for, like, 50 points almost. It was crazy. And yeah. then, eh, like, his know. role got I diminished. I kind of look at Chris Tierney. I look at Chris Tierney, and I kind of go, like, he doesn't do anything exceptionally well, but he's just kind of he's just average at most things. He's just there, and he's you just don't, he, you he, kind he, of forget he like, that he even plays. He kind of just exists on the ice, and so, like, how many teams like want that? Are there teams that you're going out and being like, we need Chris Tierney? Like, what does he bring to your team? It's gonna put and you even then, man. Like towards the end of the season, he was not good. Like, do you remember that no. backhand? That one backhand? Oh my god, oh yeah. my god that was awful. <laughs> yeah, and then had, like yeah. God, he was a healthy scratch at the end of, like, in the final game to let, like, yeah. Parker Kelly and Logan Brown play. And- okay, pa- but yeah. that's the other thing. Parker Kelly, so Austin Watson's role is, like, a fourth-line shot-blocking gritty forward, right? But Parker Kelly could do that. Like, we yeah. saw that in the last game of the year. He's, he did it exceptionally. He scored a goal. Like, he, he – you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that the emer- – if – like, obviously, it's one game. You can't bank on it. But the emer- – emergence possible emergence of parker kelly renders austin watson obsolete on the team because his role is being outperformed by a younger faster player who can do the exact same thing but has more jump has more speed so exactly that's where losing austin watson is not so bad because you got a guy who could step up and do it are they the same player maybe not and i guess dj likes him but yeah, yeah. dj loves his austin watson i mean I'm pretty sure you saw the the video of those two playing dice together. Yeah, <laughs> they like spoons or something. Or spoons. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it was spoons. But yeah, DJ and Austin Watson were having a blast, um, with the restrictions coming down and everything. But uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I yeah, DJ likes him too much for us to like yeah. trade him or expose him. I guess. Like, at honestly, the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't mind having him on my team. Like I, he, he he's useful. He's not a terrible. Like he doesn't bring your team down as a fourth line player. Yeah, and um, also like with Dadanov, if Dadanov does leave, I feel like that does like on the bright side, it does open up a spot for a more offensive player coming up from Belleville, possibly. True. You look at okay, so he's a you look at their like right wing depth right now. Dadanov is there. Uh, yeah, so that's it. So if Dadanov um you know goes, then your right wingers are like Connor Brown, Drake Batherson, Austin Watson, and then who's who else is there it's probably Sokolov might be their next best right winger and I mean, dude just put Crookshank on this off wing he'll do it just, <laughs> just, just play some top six go ahead <laughs> like they got guys that can come up and take it um or maybe they 
like the other thing is maybe they think that they can get a, a free agent. Like maybe they yeah. are banking on losing Dadanov so that they can try again with someone else. Like maybe they take a run at Hyman. That's going to be an expensive. Oh contract. please! Well, I mean, like I wouldn't mind the player, but the thing is, the expected cap hit for that. Yeah, it's going to be absurd. Oh. oh. It's gonna be. I. I. It's already twenty nine, isn't he? Also, like. Yeah, but the geez. thing that the thing that makes me a little skeptical that they might go for him is because he's got to be a DJ player. Like DJ had him in Toronto, and he's totally his style. Like he's ragged. He's on the puck. He's. You know what I mean? But I. I don't know if they can. I mean, if they get Zach Hyman for the right price, I love Zach Hyman. Like yeah, same. Player. I'd be fine with but that. But I would not pay him six million dollars for long term or $5 million for long-term because that's just, I mean, I'm, he's not worth that in my opinion, but I mean, maybe the Sens think that if they lose that enough, they can go out to free agency and get someone to fill the void. I don't know who I haven't looked into the class that much. I don't know who else is there other than Hyman to put on wing, but yeah. Well, I mean, it's a pretty good free agency class. Like I was looking at it and there's going to be a lot of players available yeah. and like, yeah, I, I'm usually not a big proponent of building your team through free agency because you're competing. It's a competitive market yeah. and you're just going to have to outbid someone else. And a lot of the times those contracts do not look good. Like exactly. we don't look back fondly at like the 2016 free agency. Yeah, that right. was a yikes, man. Like yeah. a Pozo, Lucic and all mm -hmm. those contracts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a whole thing, man, but we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, but that's the, beauty of the offseason and it's all is like it all goes it's all going to come so fast now like draft mm -hmm. is this week Can't then be. yeah like ex there's two drafts this week an expansion and entry like two days apart which is gonna be crazy that's gonna be fun free that's agency awesome. in august and then you're like right into training camp in september super condensed so yeah the one good thing about the shortened season is that you get a shorter off season too yes exactly funny how that works eh? but uh anyway we so the list got released for every team and I mean, there was a lot of notable names. I think the one that first came out was Tarasenko. It was yes. kind of leaked. That's so that situation is super interesting because he's demanded, from what I understand, he's demanded the trade. Yeah. And somehow the Blues couldn't trade him. I don't really know. That's what that's what puzzles yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like he he they shopped him. Obviously, they tried to trade him and could not trade him. And so now they're going to probably lose him for nothing. The only thing that I could say that might save them is if they, the uh, Seattle takes done. Because if Seattle takes done, then Tarasenko can still be traded for assets. But now you have the danger of, since you didn't trade him before the trade freeze, you might lose him for nothing. Yeah, it might be a calculated gamble by St. Louis to maybe try and, like, and use him as bait for them not to pick done. Because like after all, like your philosophy should be going into this as a GM is you can only lose one player. So it doesn't matter it. how many high profile players you're exposing. You're only losing one of those guys, which is, I mean, that's what Tampa Bay is dealing with, right? Like they have, they have <laughs> I mean, Sorelli, they, Gord, or not yeah. Sorelli, sorry. They have Gord, Palat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Tyler Johnson, but his contract's not as great. But yeah, they have, yeah, it'll be interesting. So Tarasenko will, I mean, I say there's a good chance. Like is this cap hit really that bad? I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. Like, hold on. I think I have... the only question is if, if they think that there's like a drop in performance because I don't know why there would be. Was he injured? I don't even think. He's yeah, okay. Yeah. So the deal with his, okay. Well, first of all, just quick on the, on the contract, he's making 7.5 million for another two years. That's not even that bad. Um, no, and with, with how many good players are exposed for Seattle um, and with how bad the Pacific is, yeah, that's it. Eh? They could definitely be like, hey, we're going to compete. We're going to go the Vegas route. And honestly, they could be even better. So, so like, in like that case, they the, Tarasenko. Like breaking down the Pacific, there's the three California teams, none of which bottom. I don't think will be very good next year. <laughs> no. And then – I mean, LA is on the up and up, but they're but not they, there I, yet. They're, they're a couple – I say they're still a couple years away yeah. with everything. And then you have the Canadian teams. Calgary was not good last year. I don't see them – I feel like they underachieved a little bit, but yeah, they sucked, especially against the Sens. Which is hilarious. <laughs> that but was they, too funny. They Craig were Patterson less, was their sleep paralysis demon. Like, yes, honestly, they were they were less than good last year. Edmonton is such a weird one to me because they like they didn't they finish second in the in the North or was that Winnipeg? Yeah, no, they passed Winnipeg because Winnipeg. Remember, Winnipeg dropped off hard at the end. Yes, that's right. So so Edmonton finished second in that division and then like just crapped it in the playoffs oh that was a and, great series man awesome. yeah <laughs> yeah you must have enjoyed that one but so like are I, they're the weird wild card i don't i don't think vancouver's gonna be particularly good i guess they're getting Pedersen back 
but other than that like yeah and they got jason, jason dickinson, dickinson now yeah, like jason <laughs> dickinson to bring him over the bring him over the hump and but like schmidt might be traded too exactly so then you have vegas vegas will probably win that division quite easily mm-hmm. and and then after that like i don't see how seattle doesn't make the playoffs if they pick a good team yeah with like, all the players available like i feel like seattle definitely could make a run and because of that i, f- I feel like they take tarasenko 100 percent. like yeah because yeah yes he does have like injury issues that seem to have been plaguing him for two years now but like i'm pretty sure i don't remember if it was an, an athletic article but they dove into like the original injury and it was he had to have a shoulder surgery mm-hmm. and basically the st louis team doctors did not handle it well like i don't remember if they botched it or if they messed with the recovery if they, they if the surgery just didn't go well in general and they cleared him too early but then they had to have makeup surgery like twice which took him out for a significant yeah. period of time. So I think if I'm Seattle, if you can get a little more insight on that shoulder thing and given like the quality of players available, they should definitely make a run at Tarasenko with how with, with how bad the Pacific is looking. Because I think yeah. it's going to be Vegas and then one of the Alberta teams in Seattle, if Seattle goes this route for the which, playoffs. And yeah, but I, and I think like, what's the alternative if they don't? Like, like what's the point of just picking like a mid team if you could have the opportunity to pick a better team like it yeah. just seems like common knowledge right like why wouldn't you just pick... and they have a smart front office like they'll, exactly they'll know. they hired they some really know. smart people they definitely did and so that's why i mean you look at all these other guys that like i'm gonna like okay so the islanders did some really weird stuff with their expansion list they exposed yeah oh Ever- God. they so they exposed everly and josh bailey in favor of Matt Martin, they're protecting, and I think they're protecting Clutterbuck, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, hold up. I have it here. It's Martin and Clutterbuck. Wow. Right? So, Everly yeah. seems like a pretty easy pick there for Seattle. Or Josh Bailey. Both are exposed. Yeah. Like, both, Bailey's so, but, signed until 2024, making $5 million. Actually, they both have the same contract, except Everly's making 500 k more. There you go. So at that point, it's like take your pick. Like they're gonna, they're gonna lose one of those guys. I guess like, I, I don't know. Like I feel like the, uh, I understand that Lou likes his type of players. Like he likes his grit. Hairless and stuff. players, yes. <laughs> yes, hairless players with low numbers. But do you really like? I feel like he's got to read the room a bit. Like is Seattle really gonna take Matt Martin or Cal Clutterbuck? Like, do they, does, do they really think they were valuable enough to be protected I don't know, man. over guys? And this like guy just won GM of the year. Well, like, his I, team did well. His team did so well. Yeah. Like, it's uh, it's he, weird. Like, I and know. I mean, dude, having Barry Trotz <laughs> changes the whole it thing. Because if they didn't, the, the team would be in a completely different situation. I think everybody yeah. can agree with that. I but agree. I think, yeah, if you're Seattle, you pick everybody. Like, I'm just looking at his JFresh card right now. He was in the top 15 percentile for war. Which like in the league and his yeah. his offense and finishing have been like pretty much the same and like he's nearing like top per- top percentiles in the league and offense and his defense since getting with Barry Trotz has been like rapidly increasing that's a product of the system though I yeah mean. exactly so, so he'll it, probably go back down to somewhere yeah. between to where he was before with Edmonton and where he was with the island but the offense will still be there 100 like, yeah that hasn't changed at all I'm like, and he's yeah, like, he's 30. It's not even like he's young anymore. Like, he's got no. the experience. Like, he's a veteran guy, I guess, at this point. He's like, only going to get paid until he's 33, which isn't like, it's not ideal, but with but how it's, it's, well he's producing. Yeah. It's like, it's near the end of your career, but at that point, you just take a lower contract. You're done. You're good. Like, it's not like he's going to be unplayable at 33, unless something catastrophic happens and gets an injury or something. Yeah. For a player of that caliber, He's yeah. making 5.5 million. It's not disastrous at all. Like if you're no. Seattle, you if you're gonna if you're gonna compete, you take Everly or maybe Bailey. I don't know. You take but, your pick. Yeah. yeah. Basically, it's so, just yeah. puzzling by the Islanders to leave both of those guys open for Martin and Clutterbuck. Yeah, I I agree. And then I mean, one thing that we didn't talk about with the Sens is they protected Logan Brown, which I actually I mean I feel like he gets forgotten quite a bit just because of kind of yeah. what he's gone through but i'm looking at like so there's no way that he plays right like he's got to be traded the way that the the organization and him seem to just be like completely at odds all the time and the season that he just had like so many injuries he barely played he played in the last game of the year and didn't look very good 
Yeah, somehow um, Shane Pinto played a game before him with the, yeah, with the NHL honestly. club. So, I, I mean, so the, I, the question is, like, what is his value, do you think? Like, what do you think a team would give up for Logan Brown? Because he's not worth a first. There's no way. But yeah, oh no, yeah, there's no way. But like, and even then, like Bruce Garriott came out with uh, with some news saying apparently that the Suns were looking to trade him, like was it last yeah. week. Yeah, so like I think it makes sense that he didn't get traded already because teams are strapping up. They need to protect as many players as they could. Right. So he's likely protected to be traded after the expansion draft once the roster freezes over, whether it's as the draft yeah. or not. But yeah, it's just a so, weird yeah. situation. Like, um, didn't his dad tweet something not too long ago? Like, yes, it was really funny. I, I actually forget what it was, but he made like a, a sarcastic comment on a, on oh, a quote. It was like, it was a Matthew Barnaby tweet. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what did he say? I'm going to go look for it. It's, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. It's the, it'll be interesting to see what he gets. It seems like his camp and the, and the org are at odds. Like, it doesn't seem like there's much of a future. And like, I feel like it's been three years now that we've been saying, all right, this is his year this is the year. that's it right like how much time and, are you willing to give him like again it's not like he's crazy old he's 23 but and he does have upside it's just i've never seen a player get have this many issues with injuries this consistently yeah like i mean nolan patrick is nearing that territory too but but this is this is kind of nolan patrick this is kind of his like last shot in a way exactly like, if yeah so the matthew barnaby tweet just to get back on that i found it pretty much barnaby tweeted um he tweeted, I don't know why people hate PM in reference to Pierre Maguire. Right. Um, said, I know he's not for everyone on TV, but he's always been a gentleman. and He's a smart hockey guy. Great hire by Ottawa. And then, uh, so Jeff Brown. Oh, I think he deleted the tweet. It's not there anymore. Oh, but, Je- but Jeff he Brown. He criticized it, I think. Yes. Jeff Brown, who is Logan Brown's dad, um, pretty much tweeted it. And it was like. I don't know what he said. It was something sarcastic, but he 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 mocked it in a way. And so then he, I guess he deleted it because I can't find it anymore. Um, so yeah, clearly that family is not in good graces with the organization. No, I don't and blame them, man. It's just no. been it's just been like a f- the whole the whole Logan Brown experience has just been filled <laughs> with drama and friction. It hasn't really worked. No, I'm like I was totally like I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Hundred percent. I want it yeah. to work out. But at, at, at some point, you got to realize, like, this has been, what, like, four years now of this? I still agree and, with protecting him, though. Just if you yeah. think you can actually trade him for for assets, then that's the way to go. Or you package him package him with someone else to make it more enticing. Like, maybe you package him with Tierney, and so you can get a little more out yeah, of Yeah, maybe you make trade. a move at the draft with one sure. or both of those guys. Sure, exactly. So I have no problem with it. It's just, it's just like, the only thing that's wrong with it is maybe you protect Adenoff over him. But... Yeah, I don't know. I I think they both have their reasons to be protected or exposed, and it's kind of just take your pick. Um, but yeah, yeah it'll be interesting. interesting. I I wonder I wonder what teams are calling on Logan Brown because I can't imagine like uh, like I I mean maybe some teams used to have him on their radar, but he just hasn't played. Like he's barely barely played any hockey in the last year, and I can't imagine that they'd be so keen on like taking on this guy who is always injured not a great like there's some things but like attitude and never he's never able to make the team but it's just the way he plays i feel like feeds into the whole drama building because he's a big guy who doesn't necessarily fully utilize his frame like he'll do it like every once in a while like if he's like moving up in transition he's got to protect the puck and all that stuff but it's like that the fact that he doesn't use his body as much because like people mistakably like even like I think if you look at like NHL 21, EA has him as a power forward, which he is not. He's a playmaker. He's just a playmaker who who's big. That's what it is. Um, and the way he skates, like just his skating style in general, makes it look like he's not trying or it's very nonchalant. And yeah. I don't think that's that's actually his mindset of the case. No. But it just it feeds in, into the whole drama and everything. So I yeah. I, I think we're coming to to an end with this. I'm, sure. I would be okay to be done with it. I would. We have I other mean, prospects gotta, at this point, man. Yeah, like he's he surpassed on the Belleville roster. Yeah, yeah. You cut your losses, take what you can get, and move on. I think that's kind of the uh, the general consensus right now as to what they should do with him. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm just looking at the expansion draft list real quick. Just looking at if there's any other notable guys, and really the only people. Well, Price. Price for sure. Yeah. So that's really funny because they're not going to take him. There's no way. No. with that contract and there's also better goalies available 
too. Yeah, like, that's what I like, let's, let's be honest. Like, Carey Price was fantastic in the playoffs, but yeah. he has not been good in the regular season for many years. Like, mm-hmm. he, that contract like in the last three years, he's good. had one good season, I think. Like, that's he had a 9-18 right? three years ago. That's it. But, but the last the couple years, yeah, not like, been good. This, this regular season, I'm pretty sure Jake Allen was better than him this year. Was he not in the regular season at least? Pretty sure. I mean, it makes sense why they projected Jake Allen over Price. Right. Though. And, but, but, I mean, can you imagine the chaos if they try if they took Price? Like, just yeah. like, hypothetically, like, oh my God, that the Habs fan base would explode. Like, I think it would be a bit of an, it would be a mix because there's people that are going to be like, oh, thank God. Yes, his contract is gone. Yeah. And then there's some guys that'll be like, this guy is like a saint in this city. <laughs> Yeah, like, like oh, I have a shrine to this guy. Like I saw somebody yeah. tweet, like, like, what am I supposed to do with my Carey Price shrine now? Yeah, exactly. Because he's he's like he's an icon there. He he's is like, like I mean, he won he won the he won the heart as a goalie. That is hard. It's to pretty do. incredible. Like that he's was had one some of the best seasons. He's had some fantastic memory. years. He's had some really really good years. Exactly. Um, but that like any way you slice it, it's a terrible contract. It's just so bad. And mm-hmm. I don't think like if I I'm not a Habs fan. But if I was an Avs fan, I would be. I would want them. I would want them to get claimed for the betterment of your team. Like, yeah, it's just for the future of your organization because he's yeah. still got what five years left at at over ten million. He's already yeah. thirty three. His results, his bigger sample results in the regular season have been bad, um, or I guess not good at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not although, worth the money. No, yeah, like and although he's performed in the playoffs, do you really foresee the Habs as a playoff team? Over the next little bit, like you'd rather get rid of that contract so you can build and do stuff. Like so, the, like the Habs have some pieces. Like Caulfield looks like a great player, and I, Suzuki Suzuki fan. looks great. Um, but like, do you have the prospect depth to really start to build this like next generation of Habs? Like, yeah, and just transition really... from whatever you have now to the next. Just do a quick retool and then keep going with Price as your yeah. goalie to playoff mm-hmm. runs. I don't think that's possible. No. Well, it would take um, a bit. They would have to, I mean, they wouldn't have to do exactly what the Stens did. They wouldn't have to strip no. it all down, but they would have to do some work and it would take a few years. And I don't know. I, I uh, at the end of the day, Seattle will not take care of Bryce. There's yeah, just, I, I, I can't imagine. But. I don't think so either. I mean, I was having a conversation with a friend earlier and uh, he was thinking that it should be like a guarantee that they would take him. Right. Just because of how much of a big ticket player that is, the jersey sales, the exposure, and all that stuff. But yeah, there's yeah. so many better options in nets. Like I'm just That's looking it, right? at the at the list that NHL posted on their Instagram. Yeah, apparently they got Drieger. We talked about Kapanen or Capo Kakanen. Um, it's it doesn't really make any sense. Maybe even no. Bishop if they want to. But yeah. Yeah, like if they want to take a swing at an older goalie, it'd be Bishop because he Bishop. only has two years, I think. And yeah, then, and. And it's also, it's not like he's had poor results. He's just coming off an injury, which you could argue is also not good. But mm-hmm. you, you might as well give it a shot, especially if you have a guy like Drieger, who you think can be your like, at least like a 1B or a 1A. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you got a tandem of Drieger and Kakanen, as you're and you want to compete in Seattle, you're a good shape. Because, yeah, I've always been more towards the, unless you have a guy like Hellebuck or Vasilevsky, who's locked up on a good contract, I feel like, Ideally, you want more of a 1A, 1B tandem. Just that way you can rotate if one goalie's having a bad year and all that stuff. You're not mm-hmm. feeling pressured. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's too many other crazy players exposed. Just the ones that I can think of. Jake Bean is a big yes. is a big so player. Carolina. Yeah, that was – and Niederreiter, too. I think they, they also exposed uh, – Yeah. Although I feel like that was expected from a lot of people just because of his contract and they need to get some room. What surprised me though is why they did that, but then they kept Brady Shea protected it, right? over being yeah. yeah. that I don't understand. I mean, and it's weird because Carolina's been a team that has been quite smart with this stuff, I'd say. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. They've dug in, deep to analytics and everything, and they've made pretty smart moves. And I've agreed with a lot of their drafts. Up. Like they've taken good swings on players over the last couple of years. And Bean is just a guy you feel like you'd have to protect, and a guy that the Sens, I think, should have gone out and used their third protection up spot on over Zaitsev. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like people obviously look at like why would you know why would you protect Nikita Zaitsev? Like has he really been? He's he's not. He hasn't been fantastic for yeah. this team like yeah i remember there was like the first three games of the year this year people were like, yeah, oh, he was man. insane like, he's turning the corner here he goes but but you look at like who else could they have protected on d like 
pretty Cody much Gullibuff. done what. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, looks right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So they kind of had to, but I, I agree with you. I totally would have been in on Jake Bean if they could have swung a fair price for him, used him as your as your third uh, your third spot. He's a good young. He's young too. He's he's not. Yeah. Uh, he's got a lot of room to grow. And that's the thing with Seattle is that not only can they get good players, but they can get good young players on the rise. Like Jake Bean, we mentioned mentioned Vince Dunn. Uh, Yanni Gord's not necessarily old. Um, and that's, no. I guess, who I would pick. I mean, his contract's a little lengthy, but for but how he did age, this year. Yeah, and, and he age, produced um, and just had good play driving underlying metrics too. Like, yeah, guys like that. And then just lastly, I mean, I don't think, yeah, there's not really too much. I mean, there's Max Domi, but we knew that a decent amount early. And that, that, mm-hmm. whole, <laughs> that whole Max Domi, Alexey Alchenik, Joss Anderson expansion draft saga, because... <laughs> What was it? Vegas picked up Carlson and they made a deal with Columbus so that they would not pick up Josh Anderson. Yeah, right? something like that. And then Josh Anderson got traded for for Domi. And then now Domi's just going to get straight up not protected. <laughs> yeah. Well, he didn't have a very good year in Columbus, I don't think. No, I mean, yeah, the whole torts thing and just the team being on the downs on the. On the decline. The, so, so he's that could be another bounce back candidate. He gets 100%. I mean, if I'm Seattle, I'm picking him. I don't think his contract's too bad. And who else uh, are you going to take from Columbus, right? Like, is there anyone else really worth getting uh, there? Dean Kukin, maybe. There's going to be a lot of they could pick better than that. Um, I'm just looking. I think you got to pick Domi. He's only got one more year at like 5.3 million. Like, so don't this have could the be like space. this could be like his prove it year. If yeah. he gets going to this expansion team, and Definitely. it's like, if you want, want to stick around, you better do something, or you're gonna go. So yeah, um, it, it's it's a whole thing, man. I I feel like Seattle should definitely take Max Domi. Mm-hmm. Um, their number one option should be to go for it this year, just based on everything. And last last player I want to touch on real quick in this whole expansion draft shenanigan thing because i'm just looking at the list to make sure i didn't miss anyone Cole butcher yeah i mean uh no so the last guy that i really want to touch on is gabe landeskog yeah well he okay so that's the thing okay so i think it's worth explaining what the free agent thing is for yeah. seattle so seattle is going to take 30 players obviously because there's 30 teams vegas is exempt so 20 of those players at least 20 have to be signed under contract for next year but they can pick up to 10 free agents so pretty much what that means is they'll pick a free agent and then they have like a week before free agency to sign him and he they like they have his rights for like a week if they pick him to sign him and then if they don't he'll go into free agency and they might lose him. so it's kind of like a, you have to take like a calculated risk with a guy like landis Gog, who is a free agent yeah. with colorado and if seattle like he's a, great player obviously and so if seattle looks at him and they're like i think we can sign him then they'll take a swing they'll still pick him off and then we'll see if they can get it yeah well the thing is they have to have like because they they're able to have contract negotiations like as That's we've seen it, right? with drieger yeah. they, they need to be confident that they can pick him because colorado still has decent other options like i'm pretty sure i'm just looking at a don scoy for yeah Comfort. exactly and they're not making too much they're making under four million for another two years yeah. Um, it's very team friendly. They protected Nachushkin, Kadri, does. Yeah, I think those are the two big guys. Um, Comfer and Donskoy. Uh, maybe another guy, though, that is in the same boat as Landis Gog on Colorado is if you can get Brandon Saad to a contract, maybe you pick him up. Yeah. At that point, I mean, obviously, I'd say Landis Gog is definitely the better player. Oh, 100%. It's just if, if they're yeah, able how... to actually feel like they can get a contract yeah. extension with sod but not landy then it's like how confident sod. are you that you can sign whichever guy because sod's like sod's not a slouch like he he can still play from 100%. what i've seen but yeah it's uh i mean if you can land landis god like that's obviously he's a he's a he's got to be like a, a contender to be the captain on that team i'm still so surprised well i'm like i'm a big fan of landis god. like i have like his poster like right up there and i have his jersey in my closet but um I'm just still so surprised that he's actually going to hit the market. It seems. Seems like he's been with Colorado forever, well, because he has been with Colorado. Hey, and he was, but like, he was the second youngest captain in NHL history. He was the captain, what? Yeah, he's been the beginning of the second year. Yeah, that's right. And so that's what I. That's why I say he could easily captain that Seattle team if he gets if he ends up going there. 
That like would be, be a huge get for Seattle. He'd yeah. be, I mean, he'd be, like he would be the guy. You market your team around that guy. Um, mm. but like I wonder, like I wonder what contract they would sign him to because he's like, how, what is he? 29, 30? He's, he's twenty eight, thirty. He's twenty eight, or so twenty eight. So he's going into the back end of his career, but he's definitely got a couple of good years left in him at least. Like I wonder if he's gonna like I wonder what term he wants. Like I'm I'm sure he wants something big. Well, with Colorado, but, they offered him four-year, five-year, and eight-year deals. Yeah, and, I don't think like I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't sign him to an eight-year contract. I don't. No, because then he'll be thirty-six by the end of it. Like you yeah. give him a little more money and you sign him for four or five years. Like mm-hmm. dude, if the Sens could do something like that, bit sense. of a bit of a reach, but I mean, I mean the Sens he never, did. Um, he does some, like. I don't know if this actually has any credibility to it, but he's like apparently he's a decent fan of the city because he did grow really? up. Well, I mean, because he, he came to he was drafted from the OHL and he played in Kitchener for a little bit. And I think, oh, yeah. um, anyway, apparently there's some sort of connections there. I don't know if everything is uh, fully 100% true, but I, I would love for him to become a center. That'd be great. Uh, it seems <laughs> like the kind of guy that series. the coach would love and the GM would love. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be such a bidding war though. I can't imagine that. Yeah. I don't Ottawa... know who's going to come out on top, man. For... No for that like i don't remember who's really rumored like i know he's been he's been rumored to toronto i mean Austin, Ugh, please maybe. no i mean there's, listen like there's no way they have the cap for him right well but okay but that's what you say but they're gonna lose like they got a, a few guys coming off books like kerfoot's probably gone to the expansion draft or, Mc, or mccann and then they've got like well they're not paying felino anymore because he's gone I feel like they've got like I feel like I'm missing something. I think they have a lot of guys that are a little bit off the books. I think they have like seven million left in cap, so they could totally make something work. But it's just a question of if they want it to be there. I feel like somebody could outbid them though. Like I don't yeah, think what, I agree. That's the biggest problem for Toronto if they do make a push for Landy. And I don't remember if yeah. I saw the Islanders saying that they were in on him, but maybe that's why a lot of people were very happy with the Lad trade. <laughs> yeah. That would be interesting because he's not the type of player that you think plays like that Islander style. Uh, I, mean, I mean, he is like a he is a physical two way producing forward. It's yeah, not like he's... I think I meant it in terms of like that. That's not a star driven team. Oh, okay, like yeah, you yeah. have Barzal, and, and then you it. have a bunch of that. You know, yeah, that's right. And so Landis Dog, you kind of think is this of this big name, but in terms of playing style, I guess you could you could totally fit. I think it would just be a bit strange. From a yeah for sure especially. i mean it's it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out for sure because that's i don't remember is that the 28th that the free agency opens so yeah because the so the draft is that the end the entry draft is the 23rd yeah it's this right and and then i think yeah it's got to be the 28th i was gonna say august 1st but i think that's gonna be too late yeah, I think so. I think it's. I don't think it's in August, but I, I, it's around there. Yeah, I. I can't wait to see what happens with all these UFAs and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of. And, uh, and, and Wednesday yeah. for when this whole Seattle team gets unveiled. And yeah, I think trades. they said like they said they're gonna have like the players. Some of the players are gonna be like in person, like what Vegas did, That'd so be they cool. can like introduce them to so, like the big guys. So like maybe so if they get Landis Gog, I'm sure it'll be there. But, yeah, uh, I, I still doubt that, but it it yeah. would be interesting. Yeah, I agree. Sure. Okay, let's break. Agreed. Um, we will talk about the other draft, the entry draft, um, who are the Sens looking at at 10, and also maybe with the rest of their picks, um, what's the top 10 going to look like? Um, we'll talk about all that stuff after a super short quick break. 